Hello and welcome to Money Chill Out, the podcast to get inspired and feel good about your money. I'm Marika Fino, a woman in my 30s, ex-trader in the city of London, yoga teacher and owner of my financial empowerment business. On this podcast, I want to open up the discussion around money and investments and dive into personal finance management, which can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversations on money, mindsets, investment habits, and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. You too can get financial peace of mind and it starts with empowerment and knowledge. Let's go. Hi Anouk, how are you? I'm great, thank you. <laughs> Very excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for accepting to be on this podcast. I actually love it because you you anytime and we're still recording so that was a lucky day in a way so thank you so much for taking the time and energy and um, I guess you feel great and have a great pregnancy to do that yeah I mean it's yeah that I would say overall it was great now in retrospect it feels like it went by so quickly that I feel like it was all amazing <laughs> but then if I go into detail remember it wasn't always but yeah overall it was great so you're an investor, investing mentor for women, you are self-employed and you've launched a newsletter about personal finances called Female Finance. So you spend a lot of time on LinkedIn and that's how we met. And because we live in the same city, we actually went for a super nice coffee. <laughs> Do you want to add anything? No, that's a great summary, actually. Yeah. Cool. So why did you start writing a newsletter? What did you think was missing? What did you want to achieve with it? I was looking for a medium where I can share my learnings and also grow my my audience. And I love writing, but I didn't really want to commit to starting a finance blog where you have to publish every day, basically. So yeah, and then I have, I have I'm following a German newsletter, which I really love about new work. And she sends it out on a weekly basis. And now I'm like, I love it so much that I'm really looking forward to receiving it. So that's kind of been my aim to achieve the same with my newsletter. So trying to build something or grow something that women are really looking forward to receiving and also that inspires them to, you know, take some time out of the day. Like I send it out on a Sunday to yeah, really work on their financial well-being and yeah, kind of block that time and make it make it a precious time where they can think about how to manage their finances, investing, money mindset and everything. Mm -hmm. And is there any theme that you like to talk about? And I guess it's a mix of education with maybe news and, and the current environment, as well, you said, investment mindsets and, and maybe as well your own experiences? Yeah, it's very much a mix of that. Like it's, I basically mix my own learnings like as I go, because I'm still obviously learning every day. So I, I include that and also stuff that I wish I had known in the beginning. And yeah, as I said before, everything around money, mindset and investing is covered. And I try to make it personal. So, so it includes a lot of my own stories and kind of like my own journey as well. Mm -hmm. and, and so why personal finance? <laughs> why are you so interested or passionate about it because it's 
very interesting. And I realized that, or very important actually. And I realized that when I became self-employed, especially that it's super important to, you know, take care of your own retirement. So that's actually my main focus and my main my main driver as to why I'm investing. It's not necessarily to make quick money now, but basically to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm covered in the future and I can maintain the lifestyle that I have now or a better lifestyle, like basically not struggle when I'm older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you said you were writing every Sunday. How long does it take for readers to read it? And what can they get from it? How your newsletter would be different to another they could they could receive or other sources of information? Yeah. So I would say it probably takes between five to 10 minutes to read, depending on the topic. Some are longer, some are shorter. And I did start doing it weekly. So I used to do it every Sunday. Now that I'm coming closer to the due date, I've changed it to every two weeks so that I can make sure to still send out newsletters while I'm on maternity leave, basically. Like I didn't just want to stop it. So now I'm pre-writing and yeah, as long as she's not here yet, I can continue writing. And so then (laughs) I might start doing weekly. And for now I'm on a bi-monthly schedule. And yeah, it's it's basically tailored for women. Like my focus is on women actually, because I feel like there first there are not enough women necessarily talking about finances and personal finance and investing. And also I realized that a lot of women are scared to actually take kind of like their own finances, like to take care of their own finances. They just avoid the topic. And that's actually dangerous because you can think of you know, women, especially if you have kids or something and you come out, like you have a break in your your work life, you don't earn an income for some time, like you, we are more prone to having trouble later in life, like with retirement and everything. So we actually need to, technically we need to start earlier and we need to be consistent. So that's my aim. And how do you get inspired each week or every two weeks? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. And it's something where like I was kind of worried about in the beginning of the project, thinking how am I going to come up with content ideas every time? But then I realized if I don't fixate on it, like if I don't get too focused on it, then the ideas actually come by themselves. And because I read a lot about money management and investing and the psychology of money and everything, I get ideas doing that. And also while I write, I kind of come up with the next topic already. Um, And now I have a notion board where basically I... I keep track of all my ideas. And then whenever I feel like writing, I look at it again and then I decide what I want to write about. In some cases, it happens that I start writing and then I realize actually, no, it doesn't feel right today. I don't want to write about that. And then I just yeah stop and I just look at a different topic and write about something else. And that's the beauty, I think, about kind of having your own project and also, yeah, basically doing something you love because you can just decide you know, very flexibly what you want to write about. If you don't feel like it, you don't do it, you do something else. And that's very different to writing for someone else, for example. No, and I love asking that question because actually it was, it's the same for me for my podcast when I launched, it's like super inspired. And at some point, I don't know, maybe six months on, I'm like, oh my gosh, we love fun, like subjects every two weeks. I mean, it comes quite quickly. And actually, yeah, as you said, the more you read, the more people you meet, it's like uh, infinite, right? The sources of inspiration. So yeah, cool. So let's talk about your own experiences now, because you want to share a lot of what you live and, and go through. 
So as a kid, let's go back to the start. What are the first few things that really marked you about money or anything that you remember, which is kind of part of your money story? Mm -hmm. I think during my childhood, I don't feel like I had many touch points to money. It just, I didn't think about it at all in a way. Like we didn't have money troubles, I would say, at least from my perspective as a child, it didn't seem like it. So I think the first time that I really started to kind of like be exposed to having to manage my own money or even thinking about how to earn my own money and being more in like a, that kind of situation was doing, um, while doing work and travel in Australia. So that was after high school. And I had say like worked before um, while being in school and doing my A-levels, but then yeah, saved some money to go to Australia. And then I was in Australia for nine months and basically had to earn money for a couple of months to then travel for a couple of months. And it was kind of like the cycle of earning money, taking on whichever jobs you can get. So I worked on very different, in different areas. Like I worked on a watermelon farm for, I think, six or seven weeks, which was super tough, but amazing experience in the sense like it was very, very well paid. So it helped a lot with, you know, the travels we could do after. And then I worked in a hostel for not like I didn't have to pay the accommodation and therefore worked in a room where I was looking at like looking for the luggage uh looking after the luggage and I was distributing flyers I was working in restaurants I was doing like all kind of different things just to yeah basically earn money and finance my travels and the experience there so that was the first one and then the second one um the second big shift happened when I was living in South Africa and I started being self-employed and I understood that I'm not taking care. Like, I don't really trust the South African government to be fair in terms of, oh, I also knew I wasn't going to necessarily live in South Africa forever. So I didn't expect that I would get anything in terms of like pension from the government. So I had to think about alternatives. And yeah, that's basically when my investing journey started and when I started to look into, you know, how like the money in your bank account is not going to, like you're losing money, leaving it in your bank account. So I had to start thinking about how to grow the money that I'm actually saving. And yeah, that was that that happened while I was in South Africa. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you continued the journey and, and now you want to share it. Yeah. And so what's your mentality around money? And I remember I saw once you wrote that you're not ashamed of earning money because you know that it can help you live the life you want. So have you always been kind of free like this? I think I didn't think much about money before. So there's, in terms of my mindset around money, I feel like I've always had a very positive mindset about money. I just, I mean, I never really worried about it. I didn't, yeah, I wasn't scared about it. But then I noticed a change actually when I felt pregnant or when I found out I was pregnant, because suddenly I had this fear <laughs> that I didn't know I had ever before. And it was all about understanding that now that I'm pregnant and I'm obviously not going to be able to work for a while, I'm not going to have an income for a while. And then also expenses are going up. And I started to yeah, understand that my like my mindset was changing. And I also understood that while my mindset was positive about money, I also realized that I'm very attached to money in a way. Like I'm I'm saving, basically, but I don't enjoy spending somehow. Like I was very good on the saving side. And <laughs> I always kind of started to make me nervous to think about all the the spending and expenses so that's something I've been working on now actually during the pregnancy a lot um, to change that to go back to being more calm around money and just trusting that things will work out and you know it's a flow of energy and it will come come back in a way and in terms of not being ashamed it's more that I'm not ashamed of talking about money because I feel like there's a lot of 
yeah, like negative connotation about money. And, you know, money is still a taboo topic to many people, which is actually very sad because I think if we would talk about it more openly, especially among women, we would have more, you know, like a lot of women would be much further in their journey in a way. So that's why it's so important to talk about it. And that's why I'm not ashamed to do it. But it only started, I think, when I started to be more confident in my investing and my own money journey, then I started to be able to talk about it more. I actually remember one scenario where when I was living in South Africa and I worked at like a big corporation, we had in our contract that we're not allowed to talk to our Mm. colleagues about how much we earn. And that's just so wrong. You know, that's like, it's basically, you should be allowed to talk about it and you should all actually get the same or, you know, you you should know what other people earn because that's exactly how these discrepancies happen. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm not ashamed of, what I'm trying to break through. Like I'm trying to open up the conversation about money and yeah, make sure that people talk more about money, not just from an investing perspective, but even salaries and even, you know, like negotiations of salaries and stuff like that. It's a full spectrum. Yeah, I like it. And so you said one of your key learning was about pension, and that's one of your mojo in a way. What else do you want to share? What everybody should be aware of? I think there are three main things, actually. The one is that investing really is not as scary and complicated as it seems. Um, I still remember, I mean, before I started this whole journey, I always thought, of these people on Wall Street and like the traders and, you know, like everything you have to, I don't know, analyze all the companies and you can lose a lot of money and it's all like a big, dangerous environment in a way. But there are actually a lot of products that work for people like us, like normal people, I would say. So yeah, the main one is just to think that investing is not, doesn't have to be scary and it's not as complicated and it's actually really, really essential for everyone to do. The other one I would say is timing. Like the earlier you start, the better. There's no right time. Like you could trying to time the market or anything like that is is not necessary because you can do it, you know, consistently. If you set up like a monthly saving plan, for example, you don't worry about it. You just do that and then you don't have to stress about if the market is up or down because you think about it in the long term. And then also, if you think about co- like the power of compounding, like anyone can Google a graph about com- the compounding effect. And it's just mind blowing to see how much you can actually like, you know, the, the what you get out of it. So, yeah, that, that would be the other one. And the third one is also you don't need a lot of money to get started. Like, I think that's another myth out there that like you need a lot of money to be an investor or you know, but actually like the majority of um, brokers now offer saving plans starting at like 25 to 50 euros a month. So it's really not that much that you need. And it's good to get into the habit as early as possible and just like, yeah, educate and you can always increase that amount, but just get started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. And and what is, so I know you you actually love investing and, and like saving and so what is your portfolio looking like? So the majority of my long-term investments are in ETFs, exchange-traded funds. And then last year, I bought my first rental property here in Lisbon. So I have, um, yeah, real estate is one part of my of my portfolio. And then I have a small part in crypto also. Okay, cool. So you also told me that once of, one of your goals was to make finance fun again. So <laughs> how do you do? I... 
want to believe that one way that I do it is through my newsletter because I try and explain it in a very easy way. And I think finance becomes fun when you start to understand it and when you start to actually take responsibility and control and then it's very empowering and that's kind of like where it becomes fun. And then my long-term vision actually is to offer weekend retreats, maybe even week-long retreats, where we kind of explore our relationship with money and learn about investing, but in a very playful and light way, in a way. So, yeah, I don't want to make it complicated or, you know, like... Yeah, demystifying. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. I love the the idea of the retreat. (laughs) Yeah, I have this vision of, like, you know, being connected to nature and then, like, bringing in the money part and women talking about it and just sharing and, yeah. So that's the that's the goal. <laughs> I would be so keen. And um, I know you've been to a money game recently, and you actually shared that someone burned a 20 euros note in front of you, and it really shocked you, which is kind of normal. So the point was to show that we all sometimes waste money. And what do you keep from it? Yeah, actually, my newsletter yesterday was about that experience, um, because it really did did shock me in a way like I and I'm still I'm not I'm not shocked by it but I'm kind of like I still think for me personally I actually realized I think it's quite it was disrespectful in a way because I feel like there are a lot of people who could have needed those 20 euros so we could have done something better with it than burning it and yeah it's true I guess he just wanted to show that we waste money all the time and in a way he did prove his point and he can yeah he can burn it using a lighter other people burn it by buying things they don't need, for example. I think what I took from it in general is just to be mindful and conscious of what you spend your money on, like, um, which is something I do. But then, yeah, it kind of like, I think that's why I've, I, it affected me so much because I do that because I, I am conscious of how I spend my money and then seeing someone just <laughs> taking out a lighter and burning it and just, I don't know, not, you know, if you spend something, like if I make an investment decision that, goes wrong I obviously don't do it with the intention that it goes wrong I plan that it goes right and it goes wrong and say when I buy something it's not like I buy something knowing I'm not going to need it it's just like I think I need it and then I actually don't need it so to me that's a bit different than wasting 20 euros by just burning it but yeah that's your key takeaway yeah but I I would be quite the same (laughs) confused I don't think I would support it and I don't think I would ever do it if I ever do a money game (laughs) yeah but yeah it was it was his way of showing that I guess and um you're about to give birth so we already spoke about this subject what's the one thing that you think you would want your daughter to know about money I think there are a lot of things I'm going to teach her or want to teach her but the most important is to always keep her financial independence I actually listened to a podcast yesterday and about a girl who was a very popular German influencer. And she shared her, shared her money story and kind of described how it is with her and her partner because they're business partners and life partners. And she, they've been together for seven years. And she said that literally, like he's been managing all the money. She has no idea what's going on. And only like a couple of months ago, she started opening her own bank account and, you know, like taking responsibility and starting to look into it and taking care of her own finances in a way. And that's something that I want to, yeah, I want to make sure my daughter does naturally in a way, because like, it's great to do things together and it's, it's important. And I think it's very powerful when you can do things together and you, you have a business together or you, whatever, 
But at the same time, you shouldn't forget about yourself and you should do it as two individuals as well because you never know what happens. doesn't even have to be that maybe you break up. It could even happen, you know, that maybe one person dies and then you don't know how to actually manage the money anymore in the end when when someone else took care of it all the time. So it's very important to to take that responsibility and learn it yourself. So I think that would be the yeah really most important thing that she she takes care of her own finances and keeps it that way. <laughs> no, and I think you're super right because I read a stat a few months ago that I actually shared on my on my social networks. But 85% of women will end up managing their finances alone through death or divorce. So yeah, super super important. Yeah, and um. In order to finish, what kind of resources would you recommend to our listeners? Any books or podcasts or newsletters? My own newsletter? No. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> that's a good start. <laughs> I do include, I always try to like at the end of my newsletter at the bottom, I always try to include additional resources. So like links to podcasts or books or articles that are related to the topic. I think two books that I really enjoyed reading and are good for a start is um, The Psychology of Money and Happy Money. Those would be the two books I would I would recommend reading as a good starting point. Mm, I love them. That's cool. And uh, how do people can follow you? Mostly on LinkedIn. So as you mentioned in the beginning, I'm, I'm more active on LinkedIn now. It's also something I've just started to dive into. But yeah, so I'll be sharing more on LinkedIn. And then also my newsletter, which would be femalefinance.substack.com. So I think those are the two two main ones. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Anouk, for all this information, for sharing your experience, what you're trying to achieve and trying to, yeah, make women much more empowered with the finances, look at finance in a fun way and, and yeah, just demystifying again the, the discussion and uh, there's definitely a lot to do and uh, <laughs> that's great you you're on that journey too take care all the best for the big events happening in a few days and um, thank you again so much for your energy in the end thank you so much this was great it was very very nice thank you for the advice thank you so much bye-bye so at the end of this episode i hope you're as enthusiastic as i am you can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website at maricafino.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word. Thank you.